Hello, everyone, and welcome to Next Level People Podcast. I'm your friendly neighborhood recruiter and the host of this show, Greg Johnson. I am committed to this being a no BS, no fluff show where you'll get to hear from some amazing people about some really interesting topics and walk away with easily implementable action items that will help you get to the next level. So buckle up and let's go. Hey there, next level people, and welcome to episode numero tres. Today's episode is one that you're probably going to want to listen to a few times and even take some notes on. I've got a guest for you that's an absolute rock star when it comes to resumes that actually work for you instead of getting lost in those lovely black holes we call applicant tracking systems. But before we dive into that, I want to take a quick moment and highlight the review of the week where I pick a review off of iTunes that someone has written about Next Level People and give that person a shout out and read their review. This week's is coming from Susie78910 and Susie says, trying to get hooked up with a sales job. Totally relate to everything this podcast aims to achieve. Excited to hear future broadcasts. Susie, thank you so much for that, and I hope that this podcast helps you land a sales job that you're really, really excited about. You guys and gals, it's people like Susie that take just two minutes to jump onto iTunes and write a quick review that make all the difference in the reach of next-level people. The more positive reviews we get, the higher on the charts we go, which means that next-level people will have a chance to help more people just like Susie. So if you want to get involved in spreading the word and a chance to get a shout out on the show, please take a couple minutes to write a quick review for us on iTunes. Thank you so much. And well, like I said, today we have a fantastic guest and her name is Christy McPherson. We're going to be going over a subject that I actually loathe. I don't think I'm allowed to say that as a recruiter, but it's true. I hate resumes. I've seen and worked with and reviewed thousands of them and deal with them every single day. I guess I don't I don't necessarily hate them. I just I truly believe that the person behind the resume is far more important and tell a much better story than just a piece of paper. And so if you're on the job hunt or even maybe you're gonna need to be on the job hunt sometime in your life, you're going to need a resume. And so it might as well be a good one. Christy, welcome to the show. Hey, I think I uh, am equally excited, if not more excited, because I love that you hate resumes because I love resumes. <laughs> so um, I get to be your polar opposite today. Um, but I've I've seen tens of thousands, probably if not hundreds of thousands of resumes. And so I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, and I've I've been a job seeker, too, in my life. I didn't just magically get jobs, you know, without a resume. And so I know the importance of them. So I'm excited to share, um, you know, with your listeners today um, and, and just anybody who feels like they're stuck in that black hole or like they don't know where to start with their resume um, or people who feel like my resume is pretty good, but I'm not getting the results, um, obviously, that I want. So I am uh, really pumped. I like that you think I'm a rock star. I have zero musical talent, but uh, thanks for calling me that anyway. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of different qualifications for rock stars. Cool. Uh, 
so we'll we'll get through the the episode and everybody will know that you are for sure a resume <laughs> rock star so Perfect. you're you're the ceo of aim advising tell us a little bit about that and a little bit about your background Sure. So um, I am a, uh, a dysfunctional former recruiter, I would say. Um, I spent over a decade in the industry um, in recruiting and HR, career development, um, and I loved it. I, I accidentally fell into that job um, late in college. I was looking for part-time work and um, a recruiting agency was like, how do you feel about doing what we do? And I was like, I'm, I don't know how to be a recruiter. That's not what I do. It's not what I'm in school for. Um, so I, I kind of slipped, tripped and fell into recruiting, but then fell in love with it. Um, and then throughout that decade plus of time, um, working for some really awesome companies, um, I kind of saw that need and, and began to see the gap between people's scholastic education, what we learn in school, um, and then what we learn as far as career development and how to really conduct an effective job search um, and how to get ahead. If we have a goal, how do we really get there um, and create a concrete plan? So that's kind of how AIM was born, was really seeing that that there were some really well-educated people who had never been given information and knowledge about um, career advancement and job searches. So um, I started AIM um, just to help people who were motivated. It stands for Advising Intramodus, which is Latin for motivation from within. Um, so the people that were hungry and wanted that growth and wanted to, to, to reach their goals in their career and that job search, those were the people I wanted to help. They were seeking information um, and didn't know what could be trusted, what's good information, what's bad information. Um, if anybody's ever Googled how to find a job or find a job or how to get a promotion, there's a billion resources and anybody can be an expert online anymore. So you don't know what to trust. Um, so I really wanted to give people um, trusted resources from, you know, not, not even experts. I hate to, to say that word because I don't think anybody can be an expert um, in any one thing, but people who really believed in, in the power of knowledge when it came to career development and job searches. So my whole team at AIM um, are the same as me. They're we call ourselves dysfunctional recruiters. We hated doing it the way that the world said we had to do it. Um, and so we kind of broke free um, and started AIM to help people. So AIM is all um, an online resource. It's uh, We have a, a few different services, LinkedIn uh, profile analysis, resume help, um, online courses. And then, of course, we have career coaching. Um, but our big focus is keeping everything affordable so that everyone who wants that information and who's motivated can afford it. So um, that's kind of the high level drive by of what AIM is. Um, you can see everything on our website, aimadvising.com. Um, but it's really, um, it's kind of my baby. It's kind of my dream of doing things the wrong way, going against the grain when it comes to career development and job searches. That's awesome. I love it. And just so you know, I am for sure in that dysfunctional family of recruiters. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a very fun family, very, yeah. uh, misunderstood family, but I mean, it's awesome. So yeah, that's probably why I think we um, get along and believe in so many of the same things, because we still really do believe that the people behind the process um, mm -hmm. should be the priority, not the process itself. Um, and so I think that's probably why, you know, you and I connected a while ago, and why so many other people that are in our network are kind of that like minded um, focus and priority, which is awesome. Exactly. Yeah. And so let's dive into resumes. So what what would you say the the overall purpose of a resume is? 
I think, um, you know, there's a lot of different schools of thought about what a resume should represent, what goes on a resume, what doesn't go on a resume. Um, And I think we weight them too heavily, to be perfectly honest, Uh, job seekers especially. Um, They think that it's the end-all, be-all, and that's the only way they're going to get the job. So I think if we reframe how you see your resume, your resume is really an advertisement. It's really a marketing tool um, if you're the product. So think of yourself, your talents, your skills, and the impact that you can make in a role at an organization um, on any level, that's the product that you're marketing. And so if we look at your resume, it's really a glorified ad. Um, And people, when you think of a commercial, it's 30 seconds, or think of a billboard, you have to drive by it and be able to read it and have an impact made in seconds and moments. Um, and, And job seekers feel like they have to put so much information on that resume in order for it to be effective that it ends up losing, you know, its impact whatsoever because it becomes so inundated and cram-packed full of information um, that isn't something that recruiters even look at. Um, you know, they're not looking for certain things that people technically don't need to put on their resume. So I think, you know, if we look at the resume as, at its baseline purpose, it's really to grab attention um, of a recruiter, of a hiring manager, or of a hiring team, at least from my perspective, I would say. Yeah, no, I love what you're saying about that because have you heard of the uh uh marketing and advertising term above the fold yeah yeah yeah. so that for anybody that doesn't know it if you think about a newspaper right when it's in i don't even know do they still have those newspaper (laughs) stands where you like put quarters in at least like in new york i've seen them like those little boxes on the yeah Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, for our younger listeners, there used (laughs) to be these things that you would put money in. No, but uh, think about a newspaper. When you see it in the stand, it's folded in half, right? And so what they'll do is they'll put, like, some crazy title and the really cool portion of the information on that top above the fold. And your resume needs to be exactly the same idea because if you think about it, if you send your resume off to a hiring manager or whoever, when they open up that resume, their screen is only going to show the first half of the first page of your resume. And so what is it on that first half of that first page that's going to keep them scrolling? Or what is it that's going to make them say, ah, next? And so yeah. what uh, talk to me about that. I mean, the, the first thing that goes on there, obviously, is it your name, your email and all that stuff. And, but what about, what do you think about objective statements versus summary statements? Yeah. So, uh, I recommend neither. (laughs) Okay. Um, So here comes that rebel rock star in me. So what I, I typically talk to people because especially people who have management leadership experience, they think they need to put this you know, summary of all of those soft skills, because that's usually what goes in an objective statement as we've always known it as, you know, team player, um, you know, exceptional individual contributor, leadership, blah, blah, blah. It's all these soft skills. Um, and what I say is as recruiting has evolved, um, we use LinkedIn a ton and I'm, I'm trying to kind of shift people's mentality to look at that above the fold, Um, of their resume, more like their LinkedIn profile. So if you're thinking about the headline of your LinkedIn profile, 120 characters, so less than a tweet um, worth of characters for you to kind of get that snapshot of you as an employee and as a person, 
um, I recommend replicating that same type of 120 character, give or take, kind of snapshot at the top of your resume. So again, it needs to include more than just soft skills because here's another kind of like insider recruiting tip, which you probably know, of course, as a recruiter yourself. Um, most recruiters, when they're searching for a candidate, um, they're not searching soft skills. It's very rare for a recruiter to type in team player or efficient communicator. They're typing in impacts. They're typing in, you know, those quantifiable, measurable impacts and skill sets and softwares and things that you can handle uh, to find you. But we still want to know about the person. So I kind of say, give it the the 70-30 rule. 70% you as an employee and your impact in that headline um, and about 30% you as a person. Um, so quick snapshot, one to two lines, you know, up top. So name, contact information, and then think, headline just like a linkedin profile yes i love it and real quick uh, i've said this in my my videos before and you've probably mentioned it as well get a professional email if you don't have like <laughs> stop with no like this. big booty 72 yeah this well hey don't call it i don't want people to know my gmail account gosh oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no but yeah like the the sexy boo boo 69 and like the 420 whatever yeah. Just have something super professional. If you can get your name, awesome. Some like Greg Johnson at gmail.com or right. whatever. Just something super simple that, yep. and even better, if you can have it be the email specifically for your job search, that'll mm -hmm. help you to just kind of keep things organized. So get yeah. a professional email account. For the and to God. tag <laughs> on that too. Yeah, please, for all things holy, do not use like. <laughs> Catwoman 1943, yeah, you yeah, know, but yeah. so with that, just to tag on to contact things, remember that recruiters are super busy and it's not an excuse. I'm never giving excuses as to why, you know, some of them go dark and are crazy, but they're busy. So they're reaching out to you on that phone number that you put on your resume and the email that you put on your resume. So if you are not checking those frequently or do not have immediate access to those emails, you know, on your phone, um, make sure that you're using contact information that you're checking at minimum twice a day, once in the morning, once in the afternoon, because if they're reaching out to you, chances are they want some sort of quick turnaround time. Like, Hey, can we set up a call this week? Or hi, you know, the, the hiring manager saw your resume. We'd like to bring you in uh, for an interview. When can we schedule that? So they're looking for a quick next step schedule. So if mm -hmm. you're not checking that email for four days, you can get lost in the process because they're trying to move the process through as quickly as they can. Um, so if you do create a job only email, make sure you are checking it at least twice a day. That's my best recommendation, if yes. not more frequently, if you can. Yes. Awesome. So we've got the contact information. We've got the, uh, the kind of headline section. What, mm -hmm. what would you say goes after that? A lot of people put like a technical skills section. I'm in the tech recruiting yeah. space, but I mean, it, it could just be a skills matrix or whatever. Is that, do you, do you yeah. agree with that? Do you think that's something that I people do. should have? So, okay. Yeah. So here's another thing too. And we touched on this in the, the webinar that I just did, but a lot of people get nervous about where things show up on their resume. They're like, should education come first or skill sets or my work experience? Like how is the applicant tracking system going to see it? And the reality is that's a, it's a robot. That thing is scanning the entire document for words, for skills 
skill sets for matching criteria. So whether your skill sets come first or they're on the second page, it doesn't so much matter. It's not, you know, it's not scanning things in a chronological order and giving them weight that way. It's it's scanning for volume. How many times does it find this word in your resume? So I think some of the order of your resume is a preference and and very industry specific. So like what you were saying, Greg, you know, in a technical industry, um, if you're in IT um, or if you're in a creative kind of industry, you may need to have some of those softwares, tools, systems, programs, things like that listed first because there's something above the fold that that recruiter is going to want to see. Um, if you're in a different industry um, and, and, you know, different levels of positions that you're lurk, looking for, um, experience should come first. So I think it's kind of um, a per personal preference, to be perfectly honest. But when people look at it, don't worry about how the applicant tracking system itself is going to scan it as far as the order, um, you know, education first, experience first, or skill set. Um, skill set, I think the listing is still relevant to put on your resume because it's um, a place that you can add those keywords a second or third time that an applicant tracking system is looking for. Um, and that a recruiter, you know, especially if you bullet point those skill sets um, and proficiencies and software uh, tools, a bullet list is easy and quick to scan. So those are always a recruiter's favorite thing to look for is just a quick scan um, of do they have Great Plains? Do they have Microsoft OneNote, you know, they want to see things in a quick fashion. So um, I think the skill set list is still a very relevant thing. Um, but when it comes to keywords too, don't become a keyword crammer on your resume. Um, I always tell people, especially when you're trying to maximize and optimize your resume for applicant tracking systems. And then uh, don't forget a human at some point is going to see your resume. So don't yeah. just maximize it for the system and then go, I don't care what it looks like. I just need to get it through the system. You don't want it to get to the recruiter and have them turn up their nose because your, your resume looks like a bullet point list of keywords. So keywords two to three times max. So if you have great planes, make sure it's listed two to three times where it's relevant, but don't put it in there 17 times. Um, so if you're just getting to that proficiency or skill set list and you're just blabbing something you've already said three times, make sure it's relevant. That geography and that space on your resume is a highly coveted geography. So don't just put mm -hmm. things on there if they don't have a purpose. Exactly. Um, and something that I've seen, so, and this might be tech specific. I don't know if other industries do this much. And so Chrissy, I'm going to, I'm going to use your brain for this one, but they'll have the, they'll have the tech skills or the skills matrix section, and then they'll go into their experience. They'll list out whatever they, the bullets or whatever they put in the experience section. And then underneath that, they'll uh, say technical skills or tools used or experience with, and then they'll list out under that specific job, which tools they use there. Why mm -hmm. I like that is because I can, if the only place on your resume that you have uh, whatever the, the tech skill is or the programming language is in the skills section, but I don't see it anywhere else on your resume, mm -hmm. I will question if you're just putting that there just because you know that it's something that people look for or if right. you actually used that. And so having that little skills section at the bottom of each position for me mm -hmm. I, I like that because i can see oh they actually used it here and how recently did you use mm -hmm. that system you know the version from 1994 and you haven't used it since then and there's been you know 19 updates to that tool right. um you want to see or did they use it in their last job or their current position so they're going to be really articulate you know 
in that system as it stands right now. So it lets you see kind of relevancy and your most recent proficiencies in that tool. So I completely agree. Awesome. All right. So next is we're kind of getting into the actual experience section. What yeah. in each actual position, how how much information do you think they should have on there and what how do you, how do you think they should word it? <laughs> so this I always kind of give my like disclaimer ahead of time. So keep in mind, people are going to give you a million different pieces of advice about your resume. I can tell you my experience. I can tell you my advice and my suggestions. And there are going to be people out there that are like, this lady's on crack. That's ridiculous. Bad advice. It's a, a resume is a very personal thing. Um, so I'll tell you what's worked best for our clients. Um, that's achieved the most success I'll say. Um, but it's also not a perfect science. So keep that in mind. Big disclaimer. Um, and Greg, you've seen resumes where one way you're like, I won't ever give that resume a second look, but maybe I would see that resume and go, I love this resume. Um, right. it's, it's very, think of it like a piece of art. One person may love your resume. Another one may hate it. Exact same thing, but two different sets of eyes on it are going to have two very different opinions. So when it comes to work experience, um, remember I said this before, think of your resume as this, you know, highly coveted real estate. You you want to put on there things that are important, things that are impactful, and things that are going to drive that emotion. People think of, again, back to marketing, people buy because they feel an emotional connection to something. People are going to buy you as a candidate if they feel like, oh, that's the line that I needed to see because that's what my hiring manager needs to have done in this position. So you're going to use that information about your previous experience, your previous impact and results in order to make that connection, to make the recruiter go, this is who I want. This is who I want to buy. This is who I want to bring in for, a, for an interview. Um, so if you are, and you have to be very honest with yourself, if you're looking at your resume and it reads like a laundry list of things that you did on a day-to-day -day basis, if it reads like a job description, mm -hmm. you're killing people slowly. It's the death of a recruiter to read through a job description resume. Mm -hmm. What you want to do is set yourself apart. What did you do in that position that nobody else could have done? Or what did you do that's just awesome and freaking spectacular and you're super proud of it? Did you increase sales by 20% by doing XYZ? Did you decrease overhead costs by, you know, whatever project that you implemented? What I like to see is numbers. I like to see your measurable impact, not just these warm fuzzies like really brought the team together. Great. How? And can you do it again at my job, at my organization that I'm right. recruiting for? I need to see what you've done, how you did it, what the impact was, and can you replicate it again in my position? So do a hard review, pull out as much garbage and empty, just junk that's in there. Again, those soft skills, they're okay, but don't let that be the main meat of your resume and experience that you're, you know, putting in those lists when you're talking about your work experience. I tell people three to five bullet points per position. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, again, it gets really long. Right. And is it impactful anymore? At, at bullet point 19 for your position when you were the office manager, <laughs> nobody's gotten to that point. You know, I yeah. mean, I probably bowed out and checked out and fell asleep at bullet point seven. Yeah. So just remember, shorter and, and a more succinct version is better. I always say if you can say it in 10 words, don't use 30. Um, so the big thing, though, look for numbers. I know that's the quickest and easiest thing. Um, and just a side note on that, too, because the first thing everybody asks me back when I say that is like, I don't remember the exact number. Guess what? That's OK. If you know it was between 20 and 25 percent, 
be super honest and say 20 plus percent, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it's below on the scale of inflating your, your impact. Um, but use general numbers. Exactly. I mean, it's rare. And Greg, again, in recruiting, you do this. Are you calling their former employer and going, was it 20 or 21 percent? Nobody's doing that. I want right. to see that you made an impact and that you recall on an, on some level what the impact was. So I like to see measurable impacts. And I like to know how you did it. Don't just say decreased overhead by 20%. How? So mm -hmm. learn about that phrasing and how you can shorten it up to really say, this is what I impacted. This is by me existing in this role at that company. This is the dent that I left on the world. Hey guys, it is Christy with AIM Advising and you absolutely have to come and listen to this episode where I almost murdered Greg because I hate him so much. Just kidding. We actually are talking about something super exciting, which is resumes. Um, but if you haven't subscribed to the Next Level People podcast, you absolutely have to. Whether you're a job seeker, um, somebody that's going to potentially be changing jobs in the future, this is the podcast that you need to listen to and subscribe to. So find it on, on iTunes. Again, it is Next Level People. I've actually seen people where I'm like 100% positive that they copy pasted the job description Yes. Into their section. And, that, and it's like, brutal. You're it's, like, I want to hold your hands and cry with you because this is so painful to read. And I know why you're looking for a job because this job sucks. I'm reading your job. To <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's either that emotion or it makes me want to throw my computer across the room. One of the either two. Or. It yeah. Either, it either makes you want to cry or punch people. One or, of the two. Or both at the same time. That's, yeah. You know. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that you touched on uh, is, you know, the three to five bullet points uh, because you don't want it to get too long. There's an argument out there where w the the length of a resume should only be one page, and then there's other people that say no, it could be as long as you want it to be, and then there's yeah. like there's I think there's a sweet spot everything in between. In between. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What's your take on it? So again, you know, here's this beautiful thing about opinions, um, and I love arguments, but um, <laughs> I think you know, again, it's a very personal document. So. Just last week, um, we had a client at AIM, recent grad, so not a ton of experience um, and not a ton of just content to put on his resume. It's one page, and that's totally fine. I'm not going to try and have him dump garbage in it to get it to this two-page sweet spot to make him look like, okay, now he's legitimate. It right. doesn't because recruiters aren't stupid. They can tell what's garbage and filler and what's valid data. <clears throat> so... If, it, if you're a one pager and your experience and your, you know, your entire history can fit on one page, let it be one page. That's okay. If you're a two pager, totally okay too. I think, you know, when you start looking at people, um, who have like these seven page resumes, again, chances are you probably have more than three to five bullet points for each job. So narrow that down. Um, chances are you've got every single, certification, educational seminar, trade show, conference, everything that you've ever attended and gotten, you know, a certificate of completion listed on there. Not necessary, not relevant. So again, think of it like real estate that is highly coveted. What, what do you really need to have on there as that advertisement to grab somebody's attention? Um, I think too, you know, I always put out these kind of warnings. And again, I want to say all recruiters are great. I know they're not. I've worked with badass, amazing recruiters. And then I've worked with really shysty, nasty ones. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to 
things that can be potential discriminatory factors. If you have 32 years of experience all listed on your seven page resume, there are going to be people out there that discriminate against you and will never call you. I don't want to say it, but it's true. And we're on the no BS, no fluff show. So there you go. Um, I always tell people, unless it is absolutely imperative to include anything beyond 15 years of your experience is not super necessary to have on your resume. So right. try and have a cutoff be about 15 years. If that's one page, if it's two page, if it's three pages, that's okay. There are going to be some recruiters that hate it if yours is a three-pager, and there are going to be some that think it's completely fine. Mm -hmm. um, you can't please everybody. So do what you feel is best um, as far as marketing who you are and the right company, right role is out there for that. Um, another thing, too, just on the discriminatory side, there's a big conversation, and I've seen it actually a ton on LinkedIn lately, about your home address on your resume. Mm. Um, two, of course, very different schools of thought. Um, some people say, great, it's perfect. I want to see it. Some people say, no, absolutely not. I think, um, for me, I always recommend taking it off just because again, it's a potential bias, both for a recruiter and for that applicant tracking system. Um, they're judging your commute for you. So if you're totally fine commuting an hour each way and you're like, that's why I applied because I'm fine with that commute then so be it. But a recruiter may look at it and go, there's no way I'd commute an hour. They'll quit in a year. I'm not going to call them. So I think it's, you know, uh, again, it's a very heavily opinionated subject. But I say if you don't want to potentially have a bias, either of the applicant tracking system saying, you know, they're outside of 30 miles or, you know, a recruiter saying that commute's too long, they're going to quit because it's a hellish commute. Um, I say take it off. Um, you're, obviously, if you're applying, their expectation is you're in the realm of the, of the you know, geographical location of the position. Um, but try and remove biases that you can. Um, and same goes with education dates. Um, you know, if it's if you graduated in 1987, not so necessary to put it on there. Mm -hmm. um, if you're a recent college grad, I say for the first year post graduation, you can have your graduation date on there. But beyond a year, I don't think it's really relevant and necessary, um, or your GPA past that, um, you know, again, people are going to disagree with me. I just think that's one more thing that I try and remove as many biases, both from the system and people as possible. And I think those are a couple of things that you can remove, um, that aren't value add for a resume. So let me, let me ask you on this part, cause I, I agree with all of what you just said for the address part, would you suggest somebody putting like, Los Angeles, California, instead of like, maybe they live in Carson or maybe they live in Santa Monica or whatever, but that way that they know, okay, they're actually in the area. I just don't know specifically where, because in, if you put your resume up on career builder or dice or monster mm -hmm. or wherever, whatever job yep. board you want to throw in mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Recruiters will look for, you know, Los Angeles, California within 30 yeah. miles of, but if you don't have anything on there, you might not show up at all. Yeah. What, what's yeah. your suggestion on that? So I think if you're posting on a job board, um, it's very different. Cause again, you're going to be creating a profile too, that most likely will have a requirement for you to enter either your address or your zip code, um, or your preference for a geographical area. So either a major metropolitan area or, you know, however many miles from your home zip code. <clears throat> so I think that's a little different if you're kind of posting your resume on a job board, then obviously I think it's kind of necessary. Um, some may not allow you to complete your profile without it. Um, so I think it's just, you know, when it comes to posting externally versus applying, those are, are going to be different kind of searchable 
platforms, you know. Um, so I say if you post it on a job board, that's okay. You may have some bias that's going to be um, imposed on you, and that's okay. Again, it's it's the, the kind of the rule of the game. Some people are going to make a judgment for you, even if you think the commute would be fine. Um, but I say go ahead and include it if you're posting externally to try and drum up some traffic and interest in you as a candidate um, through a job board. Same thing goes with your LinkedIn profile. Make sure you have your location because that's one of the major um, search parameters for recruiters on LinkedIn is industry, location, job title. So make sure that those things are filled out on your LinkedIn profile um, so that they can search and find you. Like mine, I'm in Scottsdale, but mine says Phoenix, Arizona area. Um, So, you know, it's those major metropolitan areas. So different school of thought um, about posting your resume externally versus applying somewhere, I think. Good point, though. Awesome. Um, All right. So we've gone basically top to bottom now. Is there anything that you think should go underneath the experience section. So we talked about the name, uh, email, the headline, the tech experience or the skills section, the regular experience section or professional experience section. Is there anything that you think should come after that? I mean, obviously education, you can put a top or bottom. It doesn't really matter. For sure. Yeah. Um, so I think again, you know, we're, we're moving out of kind of the old school recruiting ways of where people would include their references on a resume or references available on upon request that doesn't need to go on there anymore. Again, it's taking up real estate, um, and not providing value. Um, so I think if you have any sort of, again, it's kind of uh, contingent upon industry. I see a lot of creative professionals that have, um, links to their online portfolios or um, publications or, you know, if they're in a medical journal or, you know, some sort of legal publication, if they're in that industry, um, those things can still be very relevant and impactful to, um, excuse me, to include in your resume. Um, but they're very industry specific. So I think, you know, if you ever have a question about something being relevant on your resume, utilize your network um, of people within that same industry to see their opinion on it. And if it's relevant to to use up some of that resume real estate for um, for that cause, for that specific thing. Um, but I think too, you know, a lot of people, when they look at resumes, they're trying to put everything on it, um, in order to catch the attention of someone. Um, and, and we've kind of lost track of cover letters and do they matter? Do they not? And that's another highly contested debate about our cover letters dead. Are they not dead? Do recruiters look at them? Do they not look at them? Um, and I think cover letters can, can accomplish some of those things that people used to cram in kind of last minute at the bottom of their resumes. Um, like if they're open to relocation, if they are, um, you know, changing careers or changing industries or things like that, that they want to kind of quote unquote explain, um, that maybe isn't completely easily recognizable as, as, you know, a recruiter just looking at their resume. Um, in those scenarios, I highly recommend a cover letter. Um, but keep in mind too, there are going to be recruiters that never look at them. They're going to trash them immediately, never open the document, whatever, but there are also going to be some that do read them. And so if it's something that you're not sure, um, belongs on your resume, or if it's something that you think, um, you may be declined because there's no explanation, like a relocation, um, then I say do a quick cover letter, no more than two paragraphs. Cause again, remember recruiters, we're all a little ADD. We want to move quick. We want to be seeing something that's easily scannable. 
Um, so no more than two paragraphs on a cover letter, quick explanation of anything that is not easily seen on your resume, um, and quick bullet points that, um, you recognize you have an impact in previously for that specific job. Um, but just be careful not to try and cram a bunch of stuff in on your resume. That's not providing that value. If it's not proving your case about why you're the right mm -hmm. person, it doesn't need to be there. Exactly. Yeah, no, and you actually, you must have gotten a, a peek at the next question. I was going to ask you about cover letters, and so thanks for thanks for ruining my question psychic, setup. Gosh. Oh, <laughs> no, I should add to my resumes, maybe my, my psychic abilities. Yeah, you should add that. I will endorse you on LinkedIn I'll for put that. It in my, uh, I'll put it in my LinkedIn headline, too. Yeah, if you endorse Thank me for wiseacre, I will endorse yes. you for, what was Consider it, psychic. Psycho? Psychic in training. Oh, not psychic in training. Some okay. people may call me psycho. That's <laughs> I'll make sure I spell check it first. <laughs> awesome. Oh, which is another good thing. Grammarly and oh, spell check. Use it. Yes. Um, love all things. That's the number one reason for anybody listening. Number one reason your resume gets chucked is a spelling or grammatical issue. So mm -hmm. it, there is no shame in sending your resume to your two best friends and going, can you please just check and make sure I did not you know, miswrite something or that I, because uh, spell check doesn't catch a word that's spelled correctly that just doesn't belong. So right. it's not going to catch everything. Grammarly is a great tool um, as well, but I always say send it to two friends, three friends, um, and have them take a look at it too. It's, it's extremely difficult to proofread your own work. Um, so before you send it anywhere, please, please, please don't miss out on an opportunity because you have, you know, 14 things misspelled um, or, or mistyped somewhere in your resume. Exactly. Um, all right. Perfect. So what I want to get into next is formatting. Do you have Ooh. tips on formatting? Because I see a lot of times people, they think that it's like the next masterpiece, like Michelangelo or Mona Lisa, <laughs> whatever, and they put it up on a job board or they put it up th through an, uh, an applicant tracking system and it comes through and it just looks horrible. Oh God. Yeah. And that How... can be declined immediately too. Yeah. Like if, because if a recruiter sees it and you're like, I can't freaking read this thing. I'm tossing it. Exactly. So, yeah. Formatting can be life or death for people yep. in job search. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I think, um, again, it's a, it's a very opinionated subject, but, um, I always say simple is better. Um, again, recruiters are doing a quick scan, um, and applicant tracking systems, they're softwares, they're artificial intelligence, they are not um, perfect by any stretch of the imagination. So a lot of different colors, different fonts, different images and graphics, if you're putting in a bunch of logos or banners and backgrounds, um, it'll confuse them and they won't be able to read it and parse it effectively into the system. And so you may show up, you know, further down the list of matching candidates to a recruiter. Um, so simple is always better when it comes to the kind of the new age way that applicant tracking systems are utilized. Um, and then keep in mind, I, I always use this because I love cheetah. I love cheetah print. It's, I know it's tacky. <laughs> it's full out Jersey short. I love it. Nobody judge me. Um, but it, I wouldn't put cheetah print as my banner on my resume. Right. And, and here's why not everybody else loves cheetah. <laughs> so <laughs> you don't want that to be, again, you're selling a product. Your product is you and your impact. And so if somebody has a, 
you know, a, a seven second view of your resume and all they see is like a vomit of cheetah print everywhere. They're going to be like, what on earth is this girl doing? There's no way she can like decrease our, our overhead costs because she is way too focused on how much cheetah print she can slam into her resume. <laughs> so just remember, somebody else may have a different opinion of how your resume looks when you talk about colors and bubble fonts and you know, a bunch of page breaks and borders and, you know, so simple. Yeah. You've seen them. Um, people think that they don't exist. They're like, nobody's dumb enough to do that. It's not dumb. It's that people want to try and stand out and they think it's helping them and it's really not. So, um, I always say stick to black, white, and gray, um, stick to simple fonts. Um, you know, some people say times new Roman is like, you know, the, the death, of your resume, I think, you know, just keep it simple. I would rather see Times New Roman than like the permanent marker font or something, you know, yeah, so I comic think sans. exactly just keep it simple. Um, and formatting too, when you talk about kind of those, those major sections that we've discussed today, things like the headline or summary, um, work experience, education, proficiency, skill set, software, keep those headlines standardized. Again, it makes the ATS work a little um, faster and more easy because they recognize those standard headlines versus um, my career history journey. That's confusing. And it may well be well received. It may not. Um, So keep some things standardized, keep them simple, Um, keep white space. Again, if you're you know, changing the margin. So it's like 0.1 away from the edge. And it just literally looks like somebody threw up words onto mm-hmm. your resume. That's visually overwhelming as well. So it's better to keep things, you know, short and succinct, keep white space, keep, you know, breaks in between those sections. Um, it, it's a very visual document. And it can either be something that a recruiter looks at and goes, okay, quick, I can look at this. Or they'll look at it and go, this is going to take me two hours to read. So I say simple. Um, don't don't try it. This isn't your time to show your personality, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, again, my cheetah print's going to show if I meet somebody in person. I'm going to be this energetic, outgoing kind of crazy girl. Um, but that may be a turnoff in a resume because they don't know the human yet on that resume. So right. let the resume represent your impact. Let your personality show up in that phone interview or that in-person series of interviews. Awesome. Very cool. Is there anything else that we have not covered that you think our listeners need to hear about resumes? Um, I mean, there's a million different things, but yeah. again, you know, I think, um, remember that your resume is not the end all be all. And it's a document that represents a piece of who you are. Um, so if it's not getting the results that you want, that's okay. Don't take it personally always, but take a good hard look at it. Um, if it's not getting results, make some changes, test it out, have some other people help you engage, you know, some professional help if need be, have your friends help you, people in your network that you trust. Um, There is no shame in having somebody provide some feedback um, on your resume to help you out. But I think, you know, it's, it's that, that age old saying of if you're, if what you're doing isn't working, don't keep doing it. So if your resume is not getting you where you want it to be, then start making some changes and see if the, the new results are are more in alignment with your goals. Um, don't just keep sending the same resume out there um, in the hopes that magically it'll be satisfactory. Um, and then on the same note, I think, you know, remember that your resume is 
kind of the key opening the door. Don't just assume that your resume is going to be the, the thing that gets you the job. It's the thing that opens the door to get you in front of them. So once you do that, and Greg, you probably do this. If you see a resume and you're like, I kind of like this one, let's take a look. Um, you probably go to their LinkedIn profile. You probably do a quick scan, you know, just kind of social media wise and platform wise. Mm-hmm. So make sure you clean all of that up as well. Make sure that your LinkedIn profile um, is is up and running and efficient and and that you're active on the platform um, because that can be your next roadblock. You may have a great resume, but if you've got this crazy like duck lip picture on LinkedIn (laughs) and all you're doing is complaining, you know, about your boss on the platform, that can be a roadblock that immediately gets you declined no matter how great your resume is. So remember that it's a multi-step process and you can't just rely on one step, one thing like the resume to be the magic bullet. So make sure you go through the whole process and that you're really ready for each step Mm -hmm. um, and that you've maximized your potential at each step. Resume, LinkedIn profile, all of your social media, take the big like vodka chugging pictures off your Facebook, um, you know, all those kind of things that can be a, a personal turnoff, um, clean them up and then start practicing some of those phone interview skills. Make sure your email correspondence um, is, is sharp and that you are communicating effectively, that you're checking that job email at least twice a day. Um, be prepared to communicate what's on your resume um, face-to-face with somebody. So those are all things. You can't just rely on any one of those things to get you the trophy of the job offer at the end of the day. It has to be all those pieces working together. Exactly. Man, you nailed it with that answer i mean the the resume is a piece miss america it's like if i would have gotten that question if i ever would have been a beauty queen (laughs) i would have gotten the crown i feel real confident what (laughs) is the best date april 26th because it's not too cold but what was that not too where, oh my gosh yeah and then the girl who who couldn't speak a full sentence it was like on miss teen america where she was like and such as oh such as Iraq. and the iraq yeah oh my gosh. i actually so somebody bought me a shirt with that entire thing on it was awesome <laughs> that poor girl is never gonna live that down i know, I, I yeah. feel so bad for her yeah. you can't get past that with a great resume either somebody's gonna find that youtube video and be like we can't hire her yep exactly so <laughs> awesome so Take a listen to this episode three or four times. Take notes if you are trying to figure out how to make your resume stand out. Christy had some amazing insight. She's been doing this. Like she said, she's seen thousands, tens of thousands, possibly even hundreds of thousands of resumes. And she really knows her stuff with this. And so <laughs> there's a there's a webinar that she did recently. It, can they find that on your your website? They can actually, um, if they want a copy of it, we did record it. So okay. um, I always tell people too, just to tag on to everything, you can always email me. The majority of what my company does is free. Yes, we have some paid services, but for the most part, we um, really try and focus on free um, tools and resources. And I'm always I'm always on LinkedIn. So if you have a question, you can email me. Um, but you can also email me, Christy at aimadvising.com. Um, if you want a copy of that webinar, um, shoot me an email and I will send it to you or have somebody from our support team send it to you. Um, and if you follow us as well, we're going to start doing um, at least monthly, maybe twice a month, um, free webinars for job seekers. And so 
just keep your eye out if you stay connected to me, if you stay connected to AIM um, on Facebook, on Insta, on LinkedIn. Um, you'll see as we start to schedule those um, and make sure that you get in on those because they're going to be free. We want you to have good resources and good information um, like the webinar we just did last week. But you can email me if you want a copy of the How to ATS Proof Your Resume webinar. And rumor on the street has it that uh, I'm putting together something pretty big for the beginning of next year, and Christy might might be a part of it. I feel so, like that rumor may be highly accurate. It just might be. It feels Source, right. It sources feels say. So yeah. be on the lookout. You're going to hear more from Christy, and she's amazing. Go find her on LinkedIn, on Instagram, everywhere else, and just get get involved with what she's doing. She's awesome. Christy, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. My pleasure. I had a blast and I love talking about what you hate. So anytime you have a subject like resumes that you don't like. There's a ton of stuff that I, yeah, there's a ton of stuff that I hate. And so anytime. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I had so much fun and I hope you guys listening um, got a couple pieces of, of information that you can take back and really change to get some great results for you. I know job Uh, Job hunts, job seeking, it sucks. It's hard. So hopefully some of this information will help you out. Beautiful. All right. See you on LinkedIn. Didn't I tell you that Christy was an absolute resume rock star? Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, again, it would mean the world to me if you would take just two minutes to go to iTunes and write a quick review for the show. And if you liked Christy, she and I, together with Lindsay Mustaine, Adam Karpiak, Sean Hervey, and a slew of other people will be collaborating on what I believe is going to be the biggest no BS, no fluff event that LinkedIn has ever seen. So stay tuned.